what we tend to not understand is that time really doesn't exist. Clocks exist. Mm. Time doesn't exist. Right. And like you said, we've been given this functional arrow of time, which puts us in one specific direction so that we can organize our thoughts and our days and our years and weeks and what we're going to do and what we're going to meet up with somebody and everything else. So we have this ability to coordinate and collaborate with each other like how we're here today at this specific time. Mm -hmm. However, if you understand that time is also an illusion, it's something that you can use as a tool, mm -hmm. but if you also understand that it's an illusion, then you can actually master time and you can, you can maximize what you're doing on this planet. I'm 19 keys and high level conversation. Tap in with the guys. Peace family, welcome back to another high level conversation. Today we have a powerful presentation, a very powerful energy, spirit, man, guide, scholar, polymath, intellectual, executive, actor, producer, author, you understand me, TV host, academia, um, a man really whom those who have seen needs no introduction, you understand me, a very extraterrestrial intellect. You understand me? A person that can dive in multi-dimensional areas. You understand me? And um, a person that I don't have to hold back with whatsoever. You understand me? This is a man who has, you know, secured funding to build underground cities in Georgia. You understand me? A person who is a two-time best-selling author. You understand me? Of Woke Doesn't Mean Broke and of the Emerald Tablets and also the founder of Forbidden Knowledge. You may have seen him on a travel channel. You may have seen him on a history channel. You understand me? You may have seen him in another dimension when you just happened to be popping some shrooms or something and traveling through somewhere. And Billy Carson was right there floating next to you, giving you some guide. You understand me? This is a powerful brother. Not only has he found things here on Earth, but he's actually found things out in space. You understand me? And we're going to dive deep into exactly what that means. So today, I want to introduce you to none other than the most powerful, prolific brother known as Mr. Billy Carson. Hey, thank you, man. I appreciate Welcome. you having me on. Absolutely. Thank you for the great introduction. Absolutely, man. Uh, uh, you know, I make sure I have very um, intelligent people, you understand me, um, who require a great introduction, yeah. you understand me. For those, of course, like I said, who know you, you don't require any introduction. You understand me? You are a man of a great platform. You understand me? That, that stands on his own merit based on the knowledge that you possess, research, investigate, and deliver to the masses. Thanks, man. Uh, today, man, I want to have a roundabout conversation about multitude of different subjects here at High Level Conversations. I like to have an actual cipher, you understand yeah, me, where right. we build and we collide and create new universes, you understand me, a university of thoughts. Mm -hmm. And um, first thing I wanted to talk about was time itself. Yeah. You know, um, and the ideas of time. Mm -hmm. There's a, a lot of people that's trapped into increments of time that they have to work in, you understand me, from a 95 position and they have yeah. to live within windows of hours mm -hmm. and dissect their days based on that. Yeah. You understand me? And the unfortunate reality of it is, is that most people will never have a true understanding of life mm -hmm. because they're living on borrowed time. Yeah. You understand me? And so I'm always working to help present um, perspective and observation of where mm -hmm. people can understand the laws of time a little yeah. more. You understand right. me? Yeah, yeah. Especially as we enter into 
fourth and fifth dimensional phases here, you understand me, on this planet Earth. You understand me, or yeah. the universe, as yeah. we will. You know, human beings, you know, uh, are we very interesting, you know, beings. Yeah. You understand me? Like, just the idea that we allow someone else to decide what time is for us is a very interesting thing. Yeah. Right? From Julius Caesar to the Roman Pope with his papal bulls deciding, mm -hmm. you know, what is yeah. a 365 calendar? What is... Uh, um, Talking about um, seven day weeks yeah. and uh, 60 seconds and 60 minutes. And mm -hmm. we say, okay, let's yeah. go along with it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and we don't realize that it speeds up, you understand me, the process from being born to when you leave this place. Yeah. You know? Um, and then we already have expectations on what life is going to be because yeah. there's other people that tell us what it is, when we're going to die, when we get old, when mm -hmm. we're going to feel a certain way. So yeah. it sets up a curation for us to die a certain way and yeah. at a certain speed. Mm -hmm. Can for I want to hear what your interpretation of what time yeah. is first. Yeah. Well, you know, this is a this is a, a very deep, deep question. I've talked about this so many times in in different um, so many uh, times lectures huh? and workshops. <laughs> You know, because what people in the third dimension, we're in the third dimension, what we tend to not understand is that time really doesn't exist. Clocks exist. Mm. Time doesn't exist. Right. And like you said, we've been given this functional arrow of time, which puts us in one specific direction so that we can organize our thoughts and our days and our years and weeks and what we're going to do and what we're going to meet up with somebody and everything else. So we have this ability to coordinate and collaborate with each other like how we're here today at this specific time. Mm -hmm. However, if you understand that time is also an illusion, it's something that you can use as a tool, mm -hmm. but if you also understand that it's an illusion, then you can actually master time and you can, you can maximize what you're doing on this planet. Because if you go any high, in, in all the higher dimensions, you know, we're in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, so and all the way up. For the layman that don't understand mm -hmm. what being in the third dimension means, can you give us a breakdown? Okay, sure. So if you draw a line on a piece of paper, mm -hmm. that's the first dimension. If you then connect those lines and, and uh, create a house on a piece of paper, that's a two-dimensional structure, or you can move that into a computer. Anything you see in a computer that looks 3D is actually 2D. Right? Mm -hmm. so, and because we're in the third, we can see down into 2D, we can see all the way down obviously into 1D, and we can manipulate those dimensions from our higher selves. Now, if you if, now, there are beings in fourth, fifth, and sixth dimensions. There's people above us. Now, because of that, they see us, and they recognize the past, present, and future operating all at the same time. Everything's happening at once. Right. There is no separation between the past, present, and the future. The arrow doesn't exist. Because they're higher than us, they can look down into the third, and they can see into what we're doing. So... So who are hope before? Hope, yeah. we, hey, we, hey, 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 we got to unpack a little bit. We got to unpack. <laughs> okay. It's high level, but I yeah. want to make sure that they the people follow. can follow along with yeah. it. So, you know, talking about third dimension, right? You know, it's a uh, ants are not third dimensional beings, right? Because mm -hmm. they can't see upward, right? They're not uh, horizontal. You understand me? Uh, they exist on the plane where they're looking forward, mm -hmm. right? So when... You're moving about the rest of the world that is higher up to them. They have no access to that, no perspective on that whatsoever. You understand me? For them, everything is straight and in front of them. For human beings, we have the ability to look upward, to look inward, to look outward, to look around, yeah. right? So, therefore, we're connected into different angles, different perspectives, and different dimensions. Mm -hmm. yeah. You understand me? 
And then what I wanted to get though with next though, so let's say we got the third dimension, mm -hmm. right? Now we're talking about the fourth dimension, right? What is the fourth dimension? The fourth dimension is something called a tesseract. Mm -hmm. And if you go into the ancient text, it's Metatron's cube, meta, M-E-T-A, meta, mm -hmm. obviously, yeah, you know, meta. the metaverse, right? They got that from Metatron's cube. Uh, it's a fourth dimensional substructure. Now this fourth dimension is really something called a quasi-crystal. And this quasi-crystal in the fourth dimension, it casts a shadow. And the shadow that it casts, it creates the realm that we're living in here. We're living in a shadow of a higher dimension. That shadow creates a third dimension. It actually creates a fractal of it, creates this fractal holographic matrix that we're actually maneuvering in in the third dimension right now. So would the, the fourth dimension be considered a dimension of time? Uh, you can address a fourth dimension of time, like Albert Einstein was saying, if you're just looking at a third plus a fourth being the arrow. Mm -hmm. But when you actually move up into another dimension, we now know, now know in quantum physics that there is actually a fourth dimension. So all dimensions are in 90 degree angles of each other. And according to uh, quantum theory right now, we're really anticipating that there's at least 11 dimensions or otherwise the universe would collapse. So there really is truly a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, all the way up, not just the arrow of time. That's just something extra. Mm -hmm. They try to make it make sense back then by saying the fourth dimension is time, but time is actually not a dimension at all. Mm. So now that's, that's a very interesting, because it's a lot that I'm sure that everybody's like, all right, I thought I was smart. <laughs> and then I tried to keep up. Yeah. And then I got left behind. Right. You understand me? And what I want, I want to bring people up to speed. You understand me? Um, and the ideas in correlation to the analogy of how we're moving as a collective human species, specifically with technology, right? Yeah. Because I think it can be um, connected to, you know, uh, cellular technology, right? Mm -hmm. Going from 3G to 4G. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and, you know, going from 3G to 4G to 5G, which allows us to be able to do different things that we normally weren't able to do that weren't possible, yeah. right? You know, let's say you got 3G phones, it's, it's helping you make better, faster calls, you understand me, yeah. connected. Then you get the 4G and you're mm. talking about now applications and streaming, right? And Wi-Fi, mm. right? Being able to connect within systems and the yeah. internet of things. And then 5G mm. allowing completely new systems of possibility. And this was where I think a lot of people missed the point in 2020 when everybody was going through the craze of yeah. whether 5G was killing them or not. It was more so what was 5G going to do? Mm -hmm. Right. So the NFTs and the Web3. Right. And you're talking about, you know, um, AR, VR, spatial reality, all these yeah. different things are not possible unless you have 5G yeah. being in connection. So it was representing a new world being produced outward. And yeah. it wasn't just an accident that NFTs came after the pandemic right. and this technology came yeah. after. <laughs> there was something happening at that same point in time that. Mm -hmm. For me, it was entering into a new phase of the world, a new dimension, a new speed, yeah. right? And that speed, you know, can be known as time, if you will. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people without that ability to process at a high level, right? Yeah. Like you got bandwidth, you got landline speed, you got Wi-Fi speed, you got 5G mm -hmm. speed, you get left behind. Yeah. So everything seems that it's moving fast, but that's only because you're not moving as fast. Right. Everything stands still when you're moving at the same speed. Yeah. You understand me? And so what I've always tried to do is keep people up to speed where we at in the right. dimension that we're currently in or 
a little bit above so you can be ahead of your time as a visionary. Yeah. Because the fastest speed is the mind. Mm -hmm. You understand me? Being able to travel in your thought. Yeah. Right. That can travel you. That can take you into time. That can take you ahead of time, if you will. Oh, yeah. But the ideas of time itself, I love the, the concept that it being an illusion because, you know, even the era where time is connected to language. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. That. I wrote in my book about how when we speak in the English language, mm -hmm. you know, it's a very uh, future tense reference, mm -hmm. right? So we're always referencing the future as we speak. Mm -hmm. I will be there. I'm going to do this. Yeah. And we have so many different phrases within the language. We're always pushing ourselves, not connecting to the present, yeah. but at a later point in day and time. Right. You understand me? And I think that learning to be present connects us to the power that we have in control over yeah and then once you have that power then you know how to create seeds that can control the rest of time mm -hmm. but um you said something about beings yeah. right now we always look at ourselves as uh, uh, uh people but then when we talk about people you're talking about human beings right yeah. the being part is not something that the average person understands yeah right and then when you're saying that there are other beings, yeah. who are these other beings? I believe personally, just based off of my research, and I've gone through now over a thousand scriptures, texts, papyruses, uh, cuneiform tablets from all over the world. They all have a very similar story. Mm -hmm. And all these, all these uh, ancient civilizations talk about beings, not just beings who came here from other planets, people that look like us and we yeah. look like them. In other words, not identical, but very similar. In other words, a bilateral, bipedal hominid of some type that can maneuver around, that has appendages that can manipulate the environment, because without that, you can't move out into space and other places. And they also talk about multidimensional. You get into like the Nag Hammadi and stuff like that. You're talking about multidimensional beings. And so in physics, in quantum physics in particular, they started theorizing on these dimensions and were able to even analyze and discover some that they actually do exist. And on top of that, they realize that the dimensions are stacked, so packed so tight on top of one another that if you can phase shift your atomic structure, your subatomic frequency, you can walk right into another dimension. And so they started postulating, what if beings from higher dimensions are some of these apparitions and these paranormal phenomena that we're seeing, are they able to maybe take a glimpse or a peek? Are they phasing through mm. uh, into our, into our uh, universe? And so from higher dimensions. And so they started really theorizing it. It seems to be, and based on my research, that there's people living everywhere. Not just, and I'm not talking about little green men with antenna. I think that there's people living all throughout this universe in the third dimension. And I think there's people living all throughout even higher multiple dimensions, maybe at a certain level, a certain height in those dimensions. Maybe they don't have a real corporeal body. Right, non-physical. Non-physical, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But I believe that the consciousness is there. Then that, now that part is interesting. The non-physical aspect, because I, I understand that and I can believe in that idea and that concept. It's like what well, people think, I think of angels as angles. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, because, you know, angels are supposed to exist in between dimensions. Yeah. You understand me? And angles, you understand me, are dimensions. That's right? right. And so it's like perspective is your angle in which you see things and yep. view things. And oftentimes, angels come and gives us new perspective, new mm -hmm. thoughts. You understand me? Yeah. Arriving from a different, completely dimension of thought that we couldn't arrive at ourselves. Correct. You know, but at the same time, when you're talking about non-corporeal bodies or non-physical bodies, you understand me? I like that concept because when you're talking about time, mm -hmm. you're talking about light, yeah. you're talking about all of these different ways in which light or energy can exist within and right. consciousness, right? 
the awareness of, mm -hmm. you know, uh, output, you understand mathematical output, right? Mm -hmm. Do you believe that the universe is mathematical? Oh, absolutely. The, un the, the language of God is mathematics mm. because mathematics can literally explain everything that we experience every and everything also that exists. Even the fact that we're, we're existing in a light matrix can be proven through mathematics. So we're living in a matrix uh, that's basically written on, written on mathematics called Adinkra codes. Mm. And these Adinkra codes go all the way back to the Dogons, the Dogon tribes out of Mali, Africa. Yeah. They actually originated these codes and they were given these codes by the Nomo and they learned them. They drew them out as art forms. But now, and they put them on clothing and blankets and everything else. Mm. So the Dogon tribe, very interesting tribe, yeah. you know, that was able to discover you know, um, systems before telescopes and things of that nature. Yeah. So how did they arrive to be able to, because I know a lot of people, I, I posted about this yeah. not too long ago, people want to understand how the yeah. hell did the Dogon tribe arrive to it, <laughs> yeah. right? You know, I, you know I, I just subscribe to, you know, us being, you know, gods, melanated right. beings on this planet Earth. We connected in a way that we just don't understand anymore. Mm -hmm. You understand me? Yeah. And being multidimensional, I think about physics in that aspect where you're talking about things being entangled. You know, I will and Jada entanglement, yeah. you understand me? <laughs> yeah. But quantum entanglement. Right, right. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, 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 once you understand that, being multidimensional to me is easily understood from the fact that you can break us down to atoms, mm -hmm. right? And then yeah. cells, and then we get into our skin and we see our physical. Yeah. But from an atomic level, those are different laws, Yeah. right? And we're made up of atoms mm -hmm. so that and an aspect of our existence is obeying different laws of the universe. Yeah. And then our cells are obeying different laws, yeah. gravity and magnetism, mm -hmm. right, and flow. But then we as human beings are obeying different laws, yeah. right, of gravity and magnetism yeah. in the universe. And mm -hmm. then we start to, we forget about the universal laws of our multidimensional self yeah. because we only know man's law. Exactly. You understand me? So I think being multidimensional is easily understood as, as above, so below. Mm -hmm. You understand me? But um, the idea of the Dogon people being able to chart systems, how were they able to figure that out, you understand me, before the Europeans had an idea yeah. of what was out there? Right. Well, to be honest with you, uh, if you go all the way back to the ancient Dogon history, before they got to Mali, they were in the land of Kem. They were the original inhabitants of the land of Kem before it was called Egypt. Mm -hmm. uh, and so... Kem meaning the land of blacks? The land of blacks, correct. Exactly, land of blacks. Kem uh, was black, it's all black. Mm -hmm. That's in the tablets. So Kem, so you got there's so much jewels in here. But so in Kem, you understand me? That's Africa. Yeah. That's right. Africa. I know everybody called the Middle East as if the, <laughs> you know it's Africa. <laughs> it's the, probably, the Middle East is the most funniest made-up concept, magical yeah. idea on the planet. I know. Because it's like you have in Africa, but no, this is like the Middle East Africa. It doesn't right. count for Sub-Saharan yeah, Africa, yeah. Northern Africa, and right. East Africa. Like, <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's Africa, right? It's Africa. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, uh, uh, for those who don't Cairo know, is in Africa. Cairo is in Africa. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> I know, people still get it wrong till this day. That's crazy. It surprises me. But so they, according to their, uh, their records and their handed down verbal history, their records are uh, etched into caves and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, they, the, the Nomo came here from Sirius B. Mm. Okay, so there's a, a, there's a trinary star system that we know of called Sirius, the Sirius star system, A, mm -hmm. B, and C. Yeah. B is a failed star. In other words, it ran out of fuel, turned into a white dwarf. Mm -hmm. These beings were orbiting on a, a planet that orbited that star, according to the Dogon, not me. Came here, they're called the Nomo. The Dogon called them the Nomo. Taught them 
all about the star system, the orbital pattern, our entire solar system, the names, the shapes, the sizes, the colors of all the planets in our solar system, all the planetary alignments. Um, and they even knew that that white dwarf star was so gravitationally heavy that one spoonful couldn't be lifted by over one million men. Mm. They even knew that. We learned that in quantum mechanics and quantum physics right. in the 1970s, 1980s. We, we, you know, we hypothesized it. And obviously, we couldn't even see that star until the 1980s, uh, 1970s, wow. sorry. So when did yeah. they, when did they uh, record it? Thousands of years ago. Thousands, Thousands. of years ago. <laughs> it's like, we're talking about over six, 7,000 years. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, they've had depictions of them and everything else, and they taught them how to make That's these Dogon masks, but they also gave them the Adinkra codes. Now, these Adinkra codes look like designs on clothing and patterns. When you turn these uh, designs into three-dimensional structures, they become something called error correcting codes. Mm. And Professor S, uh, James S. Gates, a black professor who used to be the, um, the science advisor for Obama when he was in office, uh, he's now the professor, I believe, at the University of Maryland uh, in uh, supersymmetry and theoretical physics. He discovered these, he rediscovered them, obviously, and he took, turned them into three dimensional objects. And then from there, he found the error correcting codes. He was analyzing and accessing information about the ether of space time, and he discovered that the entire ether, in other words, everything this soup that we're operating in without the, throughout the entire universe is running on a specific code. It's called an Adinkra code. It's called error correcting codes. The same exact kind of codes that run search engines and web browsers. Wow. That's what's running the universe. So listen now. <laughs> At certain points in time, an interview, the glasses got to come off. <laughs> this was one of those points in time yeah. when we're talking about Adinkra codes and going into multidimensional aspects yeah. of thinking. You know, this episode is brought to you by Goldwater. But, you know, being connected to the stars, mm -hmm. you understand me, and being connected to the universe is a very interesting aspect of thinking. You know, um, I grew up, you know, in a nation Islam. Okay. And um, in a nation Islam, um, there is a lot of, you know, astrolog or astronomical teachings, mm. you know, about astronomy and yeah. sizes of the planets and distance. That was one of the first things we had to learn. Wow. Right? Where the, the distance between the planets, the, the speed of light, the speed right. of sound, right? Um, wow. You know, uh, 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 the total square mileage of the water, earth, land, nice. mountains, rivers, lakes, wow. right? Everything. So, you know, deep into the teachings of Umbalaj Muhammad is astronomy. Yeah. Right? He wasn't really into astrology because he said it was too much guesswork. Yeah. But astronomy he was into because it was mathematical. Yeah. And you're talking about, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, mm -hmm. for a black man to be teaching astronomy, especially to poor yeah. black people in America. It was, yeah. <laughs> it was- It was like years ahead of time. <laughs> it was an interesting indication of, you know, um, where he got his knowledge. Yeah. Because he had a third grade education, but he was teaching about astronomy, yeah. right? And he nice. would dare the scholars of the world to prove him wrong. Uh -huh. Of course, none of them did, yeah. right? Because he was talking about Pluto back in those days before they would recognize Pluto, yeah. right? And um, I used to always think about why. And one of the last books that he wrote was called The Theology of Time. Oh, wow. And The Theology of Time was, it's, it's, it's not a book for the beginner, initiate. You understand me? It's, yeah. it's definitely more novice when you get into your understanding. Yeah. And then that's when he proposed and he talked about alien life on Mars. Mm. Right. He talked about the different planets who can and who can't go there. Yeah. What they were doing and building like he has very detailed composition of thought uh -huh. on 
uh, 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 extraterrestrial life. Yeah. You understand me? And the origins of the planet itself and the universe itself. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's very interesting because we often believe that our connection to, you know, the way that the Dogons were able to chart the stars is lost. Yeah. Right. You know, but that knowledge has always been within our DNA and always been passed down within us. There's just right. certain keepers of that knowledge. Exactly. Right. And those keepers of the knowledge are not often listened to because, especially today, we in a very static, distracted, low-level way of thinking. Mm -hmm. So it's like you have to think about the mind, and it's not even to say that they were the most intelligent people on the planet. Yeah. But connected, you understand yeah, me, is yeah. being different. Like that's mm -hmm. a different type of intelligence. Because yeah. we only measure academia or scholarship intelligence that you get from universities. Yeah. But we don't measure the intelligence you get from the universe. Yeah. Yeah. You understand me? I want to talk about, you know, um, I don't want to leave time in the star system just yet, but I do want to talk about um, your relationship with astronomy mm -hmm. and whether you believe astrology to be a true science yeah. or not. Well, I'm actually an amateur astronomer. Okay. I've been doing that for a long time. Yes, sir. And I have a, a real nice telescope. I have a Celestron uh, S, uh, um, SLR, and it's a real nice telescope. You can actually see the rings of Saturn. You can see Jupiter, you can see Mars. Yeah. I took a famous picture that's been circulating for years about, of Mars during the summer. When you take a picture of Mars during the summer, it actually has green, it has blues. Mm. It's not a red planet. You mm. can see that the ice caps are smaller, which means they've melted. There's a lot of liquid water on the planet. And a lot of those greens, I believe, is vegetation. Mm. You know, uh, and now all the science data is coming back out from NASA. Now all of a sudden, press releases are coming out. The soil on Mars is better for growing crops than on Earth. Now they're saying there's oh, there's billions of tons of liquid water on Mars now. Yeah, you know, what I saying? can believe that. And uh, they're also talking about the fact that there's an atmosphere that is equivalent to being like 18,000 feet above sea level. But that's like going to Peru. I'm mm. going to Peru in a few weeks, right? So same same thing. You got to acclimate to that height, to that low, that low oxygen, but you can still breathe as long as you stay close to the ground. Once you go higher up, it's going to be very dangerous. But if you're within like 10 feet of the ground, you can actually breathe. You just need to acclimate. So all of a sudden, all this is coming out because why? They're getting ready to, you know, to, 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 to uh, build an infrastructure up there, in my opinion, and do a breakaway civilization. That's on what Mars. the whole Elon Musk and all that's on Mars is all, is all about. So I got really into it. Now, one of the reasons why I built the underground shelter that you mentioned called Fort Terra Nova, that was back in 2012, was because I was analyzing the precession of the equinoxes, the movement of the stars across the sky, the constellations across the sky. I noticed that they were speeding up. Based on my calculations, it was moving, instead of 27,000 years for one cycle, it was average, actually averaging around 25,000. Mm. I'm like, are the books wrong? Are these, are these great astronomers wrong, or what's going on? And the more I dug into it, the more I looked into it, I realized the only thing that can explain this is if our sun is orbiting something. It would need breakaway speed. And it would, you know, it would speed up and it would slow down, speed up and slow down. So I started digging into that. I found out that they had something they were calling nemesis out there, something that they couldn't uh, exactly say what it was, but they were saying there was a huge object out there orbiting our sun and our sun was orbiting it. And they found it about three or four years ago. They labeled it planet nine, but really, really is a brown dwarf star. Mm. They found a brown dwarf orbiting our sun. So we live in a binary solar system. We don't have one sun. We actually have two. One's a brown dwarf, which you can only see with uh, two-mass infrared mode on your, um, on your telescope. You have to have a digital scope to see that because it's so dim, you can't see with the naked eye. Is the sun black? 
or white? The sun is white. It's bright white, so it's not black, actually. If you actually were able to go out and look at the sun above the, um, the atmosphere, you'll find out that it's, it's actually bright white light. When it hits our atmosphere, it scatters, and when the light breaks down, we see more of the, the yellows because the blues are, are, are kept up there. So uh, the sun actually is bright white. Well, I saw him say that the sun is black, but it's the you know, charge of light that gives it the appearance of white. Well, it's a nuclear explosion. Now, what's interesting about the sun is that a lot of the light doesn't even get to the surface for like 100, 200,000 years. Mm -hmm. So it could be both, a little bit of both. It could be that it is a dark sun, but the light is what we can see. For example, the, well, the, the, the sun is eight light minutes away from Earth. So if the sun went dark right now, we'd have daylight for eight minutes. Mm -hmm. Now, the light... And that's 90 million miles away. 90 million miles away, right. And, the light, and the, the light that's formed on the inside from the collision of the atoms uh, on the inside, the nuclei, when, they, when they're colliding and, and splitting, that light doesn't go straight from the center core right out to the outside of the sun. It actually meanders through the inside of the sun for thousands and thousands of years before it releases itself and leaves the corona. Then it takes eight minutes to get to Earth. So the light that we're experiencing right now is hundreds of thousands of years old before it even got to us, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, before it left our sun. So light is very interesting. You understand me? I want to talk about light and water for a second. Look like we might get to the whole elemental period by the time <laughs> we do this conversation. So, you know, I remember before I got on a journey of, you know, teaching the financial literacy and liberation aspect, you know, my deeper studies was into quantum physics and science and okay. psychology and, you know, a multitude of different things that I believe would help guide enlightenment. You understand me? Yeah. And so studying light, I started studying the fourth phase of water, right? Uh, where in between, you know, for those who don't know, you know, water has four different phases. Some people say five, but we're going to the four. You understand me? Solid, liquid, gas. You understand me? And I used to think about that because I say the only difference between the water and each structure is the proton arrangement, not the proton count. Right. So it's not something new that's happening to the water that is entered into it that changes its state. It's the arrangement, yeah. you understand me, of its energy. Mm -hmm. And so... When I thought about that, and then, of course, you know, light is energy. So we can yeah. say that it's light that changes. And then water has the most different states out of any other element. Yeah. And so I liken that to consciousness, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. That our consciousness can be in rigid states. It can be in flow states, right? Yeah. Um, and but what changes? Mm -hmm. Your consciousness going from a lower consciousness to a higher consciousness yeah. is enlightenment. Yeah. Right. It, you know, when we read. Right. I always say we re-add. Right. Yeah. We're re-adding knowledge that is already in us because we're not actually nothing physical is going in there. Nothing yeah. is going to tinkering and changing with your brain yeah. It's literally electricity changing the arrangement. Yeah. You understand me in the structure of your state of consciousness. Yeah. And you can see a symbol. Mm -hmm. Right. And gain enlightenment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it can cause an inner knowing yeah. that can have your mind, you know, uh, uh, um, raising this vibration. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, that's not something that we often think about. And a lot of people will be like, oh, this conversation ain't going to high level for real, right? <laughs> uh, but I say the fourth phase of water on purpose because, you know, everything around us emits energy. Every single thing. We walk into a room, we say, damn, the vibe is off. Right. We don't realize we're speaking in scientific terms. Yeah. You understand that's me? Real science. Yeah, it's true yeah. science. The mm -hmm. vibe is off, but you have an intuitive connection on what that vibe is. Yeah. Right? That there's friction in the air, that the mm -hmm. ions, you understand me, are positive or negative charged yeah. when you go into different environments. Yeah. And so if we understood that, 
then number one, we will create a more conscious sensitivity to the environments that we go to. Yeah. But we are in environments that are often very austere to, you know, our uh, um, embodiment, our aura, you understand yeah. me, and who we are. Because, you know, for those who don't know, we emit an aura from our heart, yeah. you understand me? And when that is pierced, that's when we start to get sick. Mm -hmm. And we are in environments we're not supposed to be in that are in friction yeah. to whatever our vibration is. That's when we feel off. Right. And there's only certain people. And I'm a Miss Louis Farrakhan said somebody asked him once. They said, how are you able to go into all of these different type of environments? Mm -hmm. You understand me and not be changed by them or not feel sick by them sometimes yeah. you're around all these different type of people. And he said, I bring my own atmosphere. That's right. You understand yeah, me? Yeah, yeah. Like I bring my own yeah. atmosphere. Yeah, I know exactly. I know exactly what it means. Yeah. yeah. I walk into a place and I put a bubble around myself. Yeah. I just literally put an energy bubble. I just see it coming out of my head and wrapping myself. Mm. And I walk through, I got my energy bubble. Yeah. You know? No, that's super key. Yeah. I mean, so even so when we go to water, right, we 70 to 90% water. Some people say I'm basically almost 100% because even those things can be made up of water. Yeah. But when we're talking about water and the effect that light has on water, Right. Because, you know, water is charged by light yeah. and water has memory in it. That's right. You understand me? I think it was Dr. John Pollock that was given a breakdown on the four phase of water. And it was one of the same doctors who discovered, I believe, HIV back in the day, who's trying to figure out ways to utilize uh, um, um, sound waves to create medicine. Yeah. You understand yeah. me? And basically that every disease has a frequency and yep. if he can counteract that disease with a dominant frequency of the cure then he can cure yeah. that person right. because water traps frequency in mm -hmm. its protons yeah you understand me so that if our environment is a certain vibration then we take on that vibration of that environment yeah absolutely it's the same study about rice and water when you speak yep. over certain things you're trapping that right so yep. that's why nobody who's angry should ever serve you food exactly or they dislike if you make a waiter mad don't yep. eat the food from there anymore no. got to keep them happy and pleasant otherwise they can give you food poisoning mm -hmm. just based on their negative energy right right exactly. but i bring that up to bring this um you know as human beings, the things that we should know the most about, we know the least about. Yeah. And that's being a human being. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, water and light. Right. Mm -hmm. We are light beings and we are water beings. Yeah. You understand me? Holy. So I studied that to understand the effects that the environment has on myself. Yeah. That's knowledge of self to yeah. the knowledge of cells. You got to do that. So, you know, what is it about light itself as um, a messenger of information mm -hmm. that is important that we observe from the things that we eat, besides the breakdown just gay, yeah. <laughs> right? Where we go to, but at the same time, being a, a, a way for our brains to be able to travel, yeah. right? Like, and then can you correlate it into biophotons? Mm -hmm. yeah. You understand me? Right. Um, you know, when I be thinking, I just be having thoughts so they jump yeah. over. That's, <laughs> that's why I had to call this show a conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, so as light beings, what does that mean? Well, one thing people don't understand is that we are all made of actual light. Well, everything in the third dimension is made of light. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we are light and light is us. Mm -hmm. We know that the illusion of this avatar body and this chair I'm sitting on and the table that you're sitting at, the illusion of it's there, but what, that, what, that, what, what is this? This is slow down light waves. Mm -hmm. When you slow light down, and the consciousness interacts with it, it collapses it into what we call solid matter. Mm. So solid matter is actually an illusion. Right. For example, the only thing stopping my hand from going through this chair 
is the repulsion of the electromagnetic frequencies. I don't actually touch the chair. You right. don't touch anything. Yeah. And so if I can phase shift the atomic frequency of my hand to match the same frequency of the atoms in this chair, I'd pass my hand right through it mm. because atoms are 99.999% empty space. Right, like point liquid into liquid. Exactly, you know. That's why when galaxies merge together, like we're merging with a, gal a galaxy right now called Sagittarius, mm. you don't see any real collisions happening or anything Shout around us. Shout out to my Sagittarius out there. Yeah. <laughs> Because, you know, galaxies are mostly empty space, just like atoms. Everything's a fractal. So we are light beings, and also, because of that, we're a fractal. We have consciousness, which is also light. And what is every, a fractal? A fractal is when you take, for example, if you look at a, um, uh, a hologram, and you go to one part of the hologram, one tiny piece, and look at it, you'll see the entire image in that smallest piece. Mm, okay, the only thing yeah. you lose is a little bit of resolution, mm. okay? And so it's important for people to understand that this entire realm is a fractal of a whole. In other words, as above, so below. So if you look at an atom, it gives you the whole thing. It gives you the whole thing, absolutely. So human beings, would you consider a fractal of the universe? We're a fractal of the universe. And our consciousness, even though it's one consciousness, it's also a fractal of main master consciousness. And it's really incredible that every thought that you think in your skull, it leaves your skull as a form of a light wave. Mm. Every time you think. To them, then. Yeah, man. Every light wave, every time you think, we know this because we could put a cap on your head at a laboratory, put a little electrodes on it, sensors, and tell you to think about something, and it's going to show up on the computer screen mm -hmm. because the computer's reading the light waves coming out of your skull. We can't see those waves because we can only see 1% of the light spectrum as human beings. Right. We're limited. We don't see gamma rays. We don't see right. ultraviolet. What and, affects us the most. Yeah, exactly. Those yeah. are the things that are all around us that are really in. Uh, 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 you know, interacting with us all the time in our brains, too. Right. And, and that's what I was getting to with the water because the ultraviolet radiation is what causes that fourth phase to flow, like mm -hmm. blood flow within yep. our bodies and things right. of that nature by creating a separation between positive and negative charge. And in between that small space right there is where it creates that charge and flow. And they was doing a uh, study where they tried to take two uh, prods, put one on the other end to create energy. Yeah. Right. But uh, go ahead. Yeah. So that's what it is. So, you know, we, we have this power to, of thought, which you were talking about having the ability to even travel through light, with leaving your mind and traveling light. Every you can actually connect to other realms, other dimensions through conscious thought, quantum entangling your light waves, with other light waves that exist in the universe, not only in the third dimension, but even multiple dimensions. Right. So like quantum entanglement, for yeah. those who don't understand, are two basically atoms that are entangled with one another, even if they are at vast distances, right? right? And Einstein called it, you know, spooky, right? Because he didn't understand what was going on. Right, right. He he said, but we understand, it ain't spooky. Yeah. It ain't he said a spooky action at a distance. Yeah. And you can entangle atoms, you can entangle photons, mm -hmm. which are lights, right? So Do you think that's what happened when people fall in love, they consider to be soulmates? I think it happens. Well, your mind can entangle with somebody on the other side of the universe. Mm. A lot of the times, you know, you can say, oh, I came up with this great idea. Right. But you really didn't. You just right. downloaded that idea because you entangled with the information. Just entangled. That's all it is. <laughs> all information actually exists. And now, like, big time mainstream quantum physicists and theoretical physicists are admitting that this is true now. Yeah. Like, it's not woo woo science no more. This is like what you're getting taught in university. When I was at MIT studying applied neuroscience, uh, one of the things we learned about was this exact thing. The fact that not only can you walk in a room, like you were saying earlier, and you can 
uh, sense the vibe, and you can actually transmit negative or positive energy mm -hmm. to somebody. If somebody's at a at a low frequency, and you walk in positive and high high frequency enough, your light being can actually raise their energy level. Right, right. And if you're not high enough, and they're and they're low, they right. can actually drop your energy level. Right. It depends on how strong you are consciously. Uh, and then also we talked about the fact that we can entangle with information throughout the entire multiverse. Mm. So information can even come from other universes into your own mind. And if you're able to discern that information, you can actually then, if you can put the action behind it, it could be one of the greatest inventions. It could be Web3, it could be, you know what I'm saying, whatever, whatever yeah. we got going on now. NFTs or whatever, all this stuff comes from other places. Um, so biophotons is what I wanted to get to. Um, because biophotons to me are, is very interesting because I think it's like taking the concept of science and physics and being able to apply it, you understand me, in yeah. a real world sense and connect, you know, um, yourself and your willpower, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You know, um, it was Dr. Wesley, he has the Book of God and mm -hmm. he has a, a very, very dope book, very amazing book. I, I, everybody should study it. Um, but he gives a breakdown about photons, and this is one of my first introductions to it, when um, he was talking about a study that was done at this university, you know, to study uh, biophoton levels, which is basically, for those who don't know, is light within the human body. Right. And so one of the things that they studied was the fact that during a time that a patient was sick, you understand me, the light that they emitted glowed brighter, mm -hmm. right? And of course, that was because the body was working to heal itself. Yep. And the thought process was that if you go back to ancient human being origins, that those human beings were just light beings, mm -hmm. complete light beings. Mm -hmm. And as, you know, as I'm positing this thought right now, as melanin, you understand me, overtook those bodies. Mm -hmm. uh, and you're talking about, you know, that very dark melanin. Mm -hmm. And then you have light, you know, piercing out of that, which used to be where hair follicles are. You understand me? Then you're talking about a blue aura or a blue hue, mm -hmm. right? And so in ancient texts where you see a lot of the blue representation of gods or beings, yeah. there were the representation of the original man and woman as light beings. Yeah. Now, the way that I connected to science more so is the idea that, you know, our mind has light within it, yeah. right? And it communicates directly with the light outside us and that yeah. This is scientifically proven that we can think things and bend the wheel of reality around us. Like exactly. the matrix play with the concepts and ideas. The spoon doesn't exist idea. Exactly. But more so is, you know, each one of us have different levels of consciousness and conscious power. Yeah. And the ability to bend and, and change reality around us, mm -hmm. which is also a very masculine trait because testosterone increases that biophotonic energy. Mm -hmm. You understand me within the body. So depleted testosterone depletes willpower as yeah. well. Yeah. So it's saying that, for me, I always say that one act of masculinity is willpower, mm -hmm. the ability to take thoughts outside your mind and produce them into reality. Yeah. So if you have a people who are not able to produce their thoughts, mm -hmm. then those people are lost without that will, yeah. right? Without that power, without that godliness. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that I think about often as I see our brothers and sisters hoping and wishing yeah. and, and trying to bring things forth, but they just can't because that light inside them is dead. Dead. Plus, a lot of the male in, in this society right now, they're being emasculated. Oh, yeah. Sterilized. And so, you know, and a lot of it's, it's chemical based. Yes. It's the food. Chemical it's castration. The, uh, 
chemical castration, man. It's, it's all these microplastics that are, uh, you know, we're, we're inhaling them, we're eating mm. them. It's in the food, it's in everything. They did a test on those microplastics. They were converting frogs, in, male frogs, into women. Right, right, right. You know, through, I mean, this is just crazy stuff. So That's a hell of a leap. It's a big leap. That's <laughs> a big leap. <laughs> that's a good one. Oh, man. <laughs> but it's so true, you know, and so uh, it's, it's taking away it, uh, the, the, the testosterone levels in men are the lowest it's been since they've been recording them. Right. And so to that effect, what you're saying is, you know, the, the levels are dropping and the ability for people to make, men to make a lot of logical decisions right. is also dropping. Right. You see men now operating more off of um, emotion versus logic. Right. That balance of logic versus emotion isn't there anymore. Right. Uh, a lot, sometimes there's a lot more men that are more emotional than women. Yes. So their, their plan is working out, you know, yeah. and, and the plan for them really is to not let us discover our light body, mm, not mm. let us discover our light consciousness and the power that we really truly have inside of us to change and bend and mold this matrix to our will and overcome and supersede where, 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 where they are. Right. What they want us to do is just continue to stay in these small little pockets, fighting each other over scraps and not really ever getting to the higher levels and mm -hmm. realizing that we're supposed to be able to bring our heaven right here to this earth right, right. now. And see, that, that reminds me of when you talk about the beings that can see and they look down, mm -hmm. right? Like you, you imagine somebody in a, a tower looking down on the people yeah. playing the game of the rat race, but yeah. they can see dimensions. They can see where the people are headed. They can see all different angles, oh, yeah. <laughs> right? And those are the people, the, what considered to be the 1%. You understand me? And then, of course, that can be translated into multi-different, yeah. you know, uh, uh, names and forms and species and things of that nature. But the ruling class, if yeah. you will, you understand me? Uh, the manipulating class, mm -hmm. those who practice tricknology and deceit on the yeah. rest of the population to not know their power. Right. Like the greatest trick of the devil is to get you to not know that you are God. That's it. You understand me? Because the moment that you have self-realization of your power, number yeah. one, you stop looking at them to help manage you discover it. Exactly. Because if we go to chattel slavery times, and I like to say chattel slavery just yeah. because it's such a different form than mm -hmm. the rest of the slavery. Yeah. But chattel slavery is all about breaking that knowledge of self and that knowing of who you are. Because yeah. how can you make a slave unless he is completely dependent upon your will? Exactly. And the test testosterone filled masculine slaves were the hardest ones to break. Yep. The ones that have their own faith and belief systems mm -hmm. because they weren't going to relinquish that power to someone else. Right. No, they fought and there were insurrections all yeah. throughout times because that willpower was fighting another will. Yeah. You understand me? It, it, you know, uh, and so now what we got is more so Chris Rock where you don't fight the will no more. You just yeah. let it slap you around. <laughs> you understand <laughs> me? I just had to drop another one. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> but the lack of... <laughs> I love jokes, y'all. I love jokes. I love comedy. Yeah. But no, for real though, because, you know, here we are in present day. When we talk about chemical castration, man, this yeah. is very important. Like, yeah. we've went through so many different phases um, fighting those beings. Yeah. You understand me? Who bring in drugs, who bring in guns, who bring in propaganda you know, who bring in, you know, uh, uh, MK Ultra. Yeah. You understand me? And toxins and poisons. Toxins, and poisons from the air yeah. to every single yeah. thing. It's not black people doing that. No, nah, definitely not. <laughs> we ain't got that type of, we ain't got that type of control. No. Unfortunately, yeah. that's the issue. Right. 
So, you know, like you can take that back to it's, it's unfortunate that, you know, the greatest minds are producing destructive things. Their greatest minds are producing destructive things, yeah. you know, and now what we are in this phase of reality is figuring out who we are, because that's still always the biggest key to all of this. Yeah, because the hardest thing is to teach another black man or woman who you are. Right. Let me teach you whether you want to call yourself black, original, you understand me, more Hebrew, Israelite. Yeah you know, alien, whatever you want to call yourself, right. you can describe yourself as an Anunnakian. Yeah. But understanding at the core, you understand me, that being of godliness that you yeah. possess, right. and that that is unstoppable mm -hmm. once you truly recognize who you yeah. are. Yeah. Not just from literature, mm -hmm. not just through paperwork, I'm yeah. talking about through spirit, things that yeah. can't be talked that have to be known deep yeah. within. You have, to, you have to walk in your own power. When I walk places, when I go places, I expect the, the universe to unfold for me. I expect, Absolutely. I expect things to open up for me and things to just happen for me when I walk into places. I can just be going to the grocery store. I'm walking in power. People, if they can jump inside of my body and feel what I'm feeling, they'd be like, God dang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy really, you know what yeah. I'm saying? I'm walking, everywhere I go, I'm walking in pure power. I, I, I act like I'm commanding and wielding the universe to my will. And that's something that scares us. And the reason why is because we've been programmed to think if you do that, that's of the devil and that's mm -hmm. evil. And you, you got to beg somebody else to give you this power. You can't just walk in this kind of power. But the same power that created everything we see in this entire universe and this multiverse is the same power that's inside of my body. That's a fact. Yeah. You know, I want to talk about something because when we talk about power, culture is probably our culture specifically, which is getting to our spirit powers this world we are the battery yeah. you know i mean melanin is a battery mm -hmm. itself yeah right and when we talk about that i was studying you know years ago the Kardashev scale okay right when we're talking about type zero to yeah. one three four civilizations mm -hmm. and when i was studying back then i would relate everything i learned in physics and science to black culture yeah. and how it could be an analogy to where we can utilize to liberate ourselves mm -hmm. so for those who don't know this Kardashev scale is a model of you know how civilizations can grow if you will right, right into uh, um, more efficient system and models more mm -hmm. control yeah. right so we are currently what well, i believe you know like 0 0.5 but yeah, yeah. type zero civilization <laughs> type zero. right type we're zero, type zero. <laughs> <laughs> we crawling though we trying we, to crawl we, we, we try the yeah. concepts are getting out there yeah, yeah, yeah it is it but is. you know the politics are in the way to be honest that's what happened the poly tricks yeah the poly tricks <laughs> so type zero is saying that we get our energy from dead coal and plants yeah you understand me that you know uh our energy systems number one are inefficient mm -hmm. you understand me and that's why we steady have these energy wars yeah. You understand me that yep. we are dependent upon these resources yeah. that we don't have the ability to reproduce ourselves. Mm -hmm. You understand me yep. and or have control over supply. Yeah. And so, you know, that's why human beings are always at risk for extinction. Ideally, is because we don't control external things outside. You understand yeah. me? We can't control a meteor hitting this mm -hmm. planet. We can't control right. the sun exploding. We can't control any of those things. So. Yeah. That's why man now just wants to jump to another planet. Mm -hmm. You understand me? Because he don't believe that he will be able to gain control yeah. before it's too late, right? Exactly. But a type one is more so talking about the ability to control weather, control earth, control the yeah. sun, or at least in a sense, being able to, to absorb all energy from the sun and mm -hmm. utilize that to power the world yeah. that is today. And then you have the analogy of type one type systems, mm -hmm. right? Uh, type one language would be 
will be considered like English. English, you know, they're a language that's going to stinks every day. Yeah. You understand me? And English is rapidly fast growing all across the planet Earth yeah. to become a type one language where yeah. everybody on the planet speaks English. Yeah. So that is a method, you understand me, uh, uh, of energy transfer, communication and translation that all being on this planet Earth will be in understanding. Yeah. Then when we're talking about systems like music, mm -hmm. hip hop is a, I consider hip hop a basically a type one system when you're talking about music. Yeah. Because hip hop produced beings, number one, and tones and frequencies and rhythms that are known all across the planet Earth. Yeah, it's mathematical. Right. Mathematical. And then you have other beings, the Beyonce's of the world, the Kanye's of the world, who are known by people all throughout the entire planet Earth. Yeah. You understand me? From a one world system, yeah. these are very identifiable symbols, mm -hmm. right? Because they're not, you don't know the person. Yeah. So the person is, the brand is a symbol, mm -hmm. which is a representation of a, a energy. Yeah. You understand me? That has a translation that creates feeling, right? From yeah. each person that knows it in their perspective and right. their connection to it. But as I say all of that, I say all that to say, Hip-hop culture is the most powerful energy that exists on this planet Earth. Mm -hmm. You understand me? Because it can move reality in yeah. ways that we don't even understand yet. Yeah. Because it's a one-world communication system to all melanated people across the planet Earth. Mm -hmm. That we can literally put everybody on the same vibration and frequency, mm -hmm. you understand me? By exporting culture throughout the diaspora. Yeah. And if we understood how powerful that concept was, we have the ability to leap past and make quantum leaps over everybody mm -hmm. with this system that yeah. we've created called hip hop. Yeah. And this is why we have so many culture vultures, because culture vultures understand this express way throughout the world. Oh, yeah. If I connect to a rapper, if I'm a white guy, mm -hmm. and if I'm a smart white guy, I need to, and if I can afford it, I need to get close to the rappers. Yeah. The rappers don't realize they have more leverage than I do. They're the big yeah. influencers of the world. Biggest. The world. I've never seen a rapper understood their value so much when they stand next to a white guy and give them their presence. Yeah. Because what you're doing is you're giving them an entry into the culture and you're giving them an audience where you're spreading their message yeah. and connecting them to hip hop. Right. And it's wildly known that there are a lot of culture vultures, we just don't speak on it. Yeah. You understand me? Because people are, you know, favored for this, favored for that. Mm -hmm. But once you really understand it, there was a, I'm not gonna name a name at this point, um, famous, I think he might be a billionaire, yeah. maybe a couple hundred million or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I was speaking in the same arena he was speaking in. He was speaking right after me. Yeah. You know, and I, he kept trying to rub shoulders. I'm giving him the cold shoulder. Yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> want no pictures, no nothing. Right. Because what I realized that he would get more value if I took a picture with him than he would get from me. Right. Because now he's connected to top thought leader in the culture. He seems down. You understand yeah. me? He seems connected. Yeah. History will look at that picture and say we had a relationship. Yeah. You understand me? How could he be other than, you know, in the way we're trying to depict his morality if he was connected to 19 Keys at that time? Yeah. So why wouldn't I utilize that as leverage? Mm -hmm. Why would I just allow somebody to absorb my value, yeah. connect to my culture, but we don't think about time? We mm -hmm. don't think about our true power at yeah. all. Energy vampires. Yeah, energy vampires. Yeah. And we utilize our dead leaders as our coal and our energy. You understand me? Yeah. So we're not operating in the present system controlling yeah. our weather, controlling our culture, controlling yeah. our time, controlling our language, our mind, our music. Yeah. So for me, it's about taking 
you know, melanated people from a type zero civilization to a type one civilization. Yeah. And then, you know, type two and three, those civilizations, you talking about controlling planets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All kind of stuff. We don't even need to go there yet. We're far off. But it's an interesting model and it's an interesting idea when you're talking about measuring progress of a people mm -hmm. that have been trapped under another people's thumb. Yeah. You understand me? And working to increase the aggregate efficiency of our output. Yeah. What we put out based on the energy that we get back. Yeah. And how do we increase that as a people, right. you know, for a revolution? Yeah. Right? But I want to talk to you about something else because I heard you talking about AI. Mm -hmm. Now, I look at, uh, we know we are in a time of declining population. Yeah. Right? Uh, specifically in America anyway. Mm -hmm. You understand me? When Elon Musk said that, you know, we need population growth and Bill Gates say <coughs> we need population decline. Yeah. But what I realized, they were talking about two different places. Elon Musk was talking about America. Bill Gates was talking about Africa. Yep. So Bill Gates was saying that they're going to have another 2 billion people by 2050. <laughs> uh, we need population decline over there. Yeah. Elon Musk said, well, listen, we already have fewer um, births than we do deaths. Mm -hmm. You understand me? <clears throat> so yeah. therefore, we're on a decline. Yeah. We need more birth. Right? So he's trying to get out of here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's trying to go. He's trying to get out. He said, I'm out, man. One the party too crowded. You feel me? He grew up in South Africa, so he know what it's like where it's 7% yeah. of them over there. You know. So it, it, it's interesting because I look at those who are in power, of course, power wants to maintain power. Yeah. Right? So it only makes sense that the people that are in power wants to continue to see power, and they don't want to concede power to anybody else. So yeah. when you're talking about playing God, that's what they want to do. If you can't have the population size, mm -hmm. we have to figure out another way to maintain control. Yep. And AI, to me, is one of those ways to be able to maintain control. Mm -hmm. You won't have the brain trust anywhere because people outside are no longer just coming in and saying, well, yeah. we'll give our brain to America, spark invention and innovation. Yeah. There's decreasing innovation and invention in this country. Yeah. So not only you got AI in the form of artificial intelligence, yeah. and I'm 19 key, so I break things down into one nine, yeah. but A is numerical I, uh, one, and I is numerical nine, and that 19 is representation of Male, female, mass, uh, uh, conscious, subconscious, mm -hmm. you understand me? Uh, um, God itself, because yeah. everything is between that one through nine. Gotcha. Collapse back into a one. When we talk about artificial intelligence, it's more so not even just AI of artificial intelligence, artificial insemination, artificial ingredients as well, yeah. right? And these are all the ways that I see that those are in power are working to maintain power, utilizing oh, yeah. AI. Can you speak upon the future yeah. of AI and where we headed. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> the AI is uh, it's dangerous. Mm. If you look into the ancient Sumerian tablets, you'll discover in the Epic of Gilgamesh, Gilgamesh, who was considered to be half human, half God. They call him a demigod. His father was uh, Enki, and he had a human mother, according to the tablets. Yeah. Uh, and they wanted to send Enlil, who was, who was his uncle, sent him on a journey, a hero's journey, this is the original story of Noah's Ark, by the mm -hmm. way. This is where the Bible got it from. Out so Sumerian, for those who don't know, the, yeah. the Anunnaki, uh, first civilization? First civilization, uh, uh, the cradle of civilization, they call it the cradle of civilization coming out of Mesopotamia. What did they invent? Uh, roads, city, uh, grid, city grid streets, uh, bicameral congress, uh, plumbing systems. Mm. I mean, you name it, everything you could think of, schooling and... Uh, chemistry and mathematics and they even had a metric system mm. back then you're talking about you know thousands hundreds of thousands of years ago yeah. they had a metric system and so they literally the whole modern society we have today 
came out of Sumer. There's a tablet that where Enlil is speaking, and he's showing his sister this crystal tablet, by the way, is what it's called. And he's showing her his plans for all time on this planet. He said, these plans time. I have here, these plans are going to last for all time. And that's where we still, we're still in it today. We've still got the same poly trickster program he put in back then. They had their own numerical kingship, the way they ran their, their selves, but they gave humans the, uh, the political system. That's a very And they also installed idea. inflation at that same exact time. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And that's a very, 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 very interesting idea. Yeah. Uh, that, so in that system, right, I know that children who are born, and it's anytime you're born in any time, you succumb to a dominant paradigm. Mm -hmm. The dominant frequency wins, yeah. right? And so do you believe that based on, you know, the Anunnaki or Enlil having this crystal tablet, you understand me, where he wrote down his, uh, his plans for time dominance, yeah. you understand me, so that he can conquer ages of time. Do you think that it's possible to go against that plan you understand me, and create our own will for the planet. Yeah, it can. The program that he put in was so good, you know, we're born, we're given a name, a race, and a religion, and we're basically, we, we grew up defending that whole identity. It's a fake identity. It's not really us. We've kind of forgotten and relinquished who we really are and given it up to this system, this, in, in this, um, this institutionalized system that we put in place thousands of years ago. But if we really come together, that's the biggest part we got to do. We got to come together and stop all this divide and conquer, uh, you know, you're this religion, I'm this thing, or you're this light skin, and I'm just dark skin. All this stuff, we got to, you know, black people, black men want to fight black men all the time. We want to attack each other socially now on social media because you're doing too good and I'm not doing as good as you. We got to drop all of that. We got to stop all of that. And we got to synchronize. We got to realize that we're better together than apart, not tearing each other down, fighting each other, slapping each other, all this kind of crazy yeah. stuff. We got to come together and we got to realize, man, how can I bring a piece of the puzzle? How can you bring a piece of the puzzle? You know what I'm saying? Just sitting here talking to you, you've got pieces of the puzzle that I don't have, and I've got pieces of the puzzle that you don't have. We can start building a whole doggone puzzle. We can put a puzzle together. Mm -hmm. And you add more people, next thing you know, that picture, that painting is amazing. Yeah. We, can, we can make a mosaic. Yeah. And so um, until we get to that point, though, we're always going to be bickering and fighting and arguing over resources and pocket watching and hating and worrying about this and worrying about that because that's the program they instilled into us. We got to now override this DNA and this RNA programming code. We got to say, you know what? We got we to gotta talk to ourselves. You know what? I'm being a hater right now. I'm being a troll right now. I'm, I'm, I'm pocket watching right now. I'm being jealous right now. Why am I doing that? And analyze inside of ourselves. Why am I doing this? Why do I feel like this? And work on our internal self and learn how to not be that way. Learn how to Give somebody the benefit of the doubt. Learn how to try to work with somebody. Learn how to ask better questions so you can understand better instead of getting angry. And, uh, you know, learn how to control your emotional state. And when we can do that and we can link up and we can make big power moves together, that's when the world's going to change. Mm. Mm. That's very powerful. You understand me? And, of course, it's something that, you know, we've known but not been able to do. Yeah. So we talk about DNA, right? Because uh, really in order to... Uh, give a breakdown on, you know, the Anunnaki and the Sumerians. We need to dedicate an entire oh yes, whole right breakdown for that story, and, and we can you know say that for another day and time. But I want to go and talk about DNA and the ability to upgrade our DNA. Yeah. You know, one of the ways that I upgrade my DNA is through travel. 
you understand me, and through meditation and eating and environment, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. But can you talk about DNA and our ability to upgrade our DNA and yeah. some of the methods that we can utilize practically? Definitely. First of all, people have to understand that DNA is a storage medium. It actually stores data and information. So when we say things like your program code and you're operating off your code, it's actually a true scientific statement. One gram of DNA can hold 433 petabytes of data. There was one scientist, George Church, replicated his ebook 80 billion times and downloaded it onto one gram of DNA, which mm. is one drop on the tip of your finger. 80 billion times. 80 billion. What he did was he realized that DNA stored information. He was like, wow, our body is full of data. The whole human body is full of data. Billions and billions and billions of petabytes of data. And what he said was, he realized you can take a data from a server, a computer, I mean, and convert it from zeros and ones into A's, T's, and G's, which is what your DNA reads. And then you can actually download the data into the DNA and store data in a volume instead of storing it linearly, linear, linear, like time, one arrow. But when you can store it in a volume, you can store much more information. So then he replicated it 80 billion times, and then he transferred it from DNA, from A's, T's, and G's, back into zeros and ones and uploaded it back into a computer. So he recognized that DNA is also a server. He's like, man, this is incredible. Mm -hmm. So we have this ability in us to move data and information. Now, because of uh, something called epigenetic memories, we know that 15 to 20 generations before us, that programming code was downloaded into our body. So you're born with this hard-coded information already in your body. Most of it is only, though, this is the sad part, is only tr uh, trauma that came from previous generations. All the slave beatings and whoopings and the separation of loved ones and the buck fighting, all that stuff, it's in your body. Mm. That's why when black people start feeling like I'm depressed, I got PTSD, but they don't know why. I'm feeling, uh, you know, I'm feeling down or ill or angry or whatever. A lot of it is it's the epigenetics. So to overcome this, what scientists realize, you can actually start to re-encode that DNA by doing simple things. Simple. One thing is write down 10 positive affirmations about yourself and then speak those out loud three times a day, out loud, mm. for 21 days, and your DNA begins to change and rewrite itself. You begin to start to believe those cymatic frequencies coming out of your mouth, that your body is actually listening to the information. Like you said before, the body is mostly water. The water has memory. Mm -hmm. The water in your body speaks conscious energy. So when you are releasing that conscious energy into the atmosphere, your body is then absorbing it back into the water, and then that light force energy is rewriting your DNA. And so we can actually rewrite our DNA. We can change the way we think and see and feel about ourselves just by speaking out loud, like you said, meditation, and I love travel. That's all I do is travel nonstop. You already yeah. know that. That's going to enlighten and open up, broaden all your horizons. It's going to make you see things from other perspectives and understand it's going to raise your consciousness traveling I tell people all the time, leave your zip code. You got to. No, that's a fact because you got to think about the making of a slave. If I want to make somebody a slave, I don't want them to see the world. Right. You understand me? I need them to only see from my perspective. Yeah. You understand me? Because therefore, they're going to have my same biases engineered within them. Mm -hmm. And I can control the radius of yeah. where they go. Yeah. You may think that, oh, if you walk over here, you might die. Somebody going to attack you. <laughs> But if you actually travel there, there's no way a person can make up that lie that causes you to haunt yourself within fear. Yeah. Right. And most people, God is fear. Mm -hmm. You understand me? Everything that they fear creates the radius, the circumference, the diameter of their thinking, their movement. Yep. Right. Their entire being. And so breaking away from, 
you know, those connections of fear allows you to be restored into who you really are, to yeah. walk around as a child. A child doesn't know fear. Yeah. A child is programmed into fear. A child is programmed into civilization. Yeah. You understand me? Coming under jurisdiction and code to operate in a manner of behavior mm. that allows them to, you know, be so-calledly uh, free within a world of this social contract that yeah. we have. But the reality of it is, is that for us to be able to develop and to grow into who we are and to be able to transition out of these thought forms that control this world, you understand me? Um, and, and to break these cabals of power, yeah. it has to start with this realization that becomes a field. Or you talked about unity. You know, Elijah Muhammad say our unity is more powerful than an atomic bomb. But then when you think about what is an atomic bomb, you understand me? The breaking of those atoms, yeah. you understand me? And, you know, when we build, you know, the guys always talk about, you know, we're we cracking atoms. Yeah. You understand me? Yeah, yeah. We create new worlds. Mm -hmm. But it, what we think about all of that energy coming together because, you know, human being energies are jewels. Yeah. You understand me? And if we were able to bring that electricity together, it literally would be an atomic bomb. Oh, yeah. And that sort of energy has the ability to create atomic shift on this planet. Yeah. You understand me? That can create new paradigm shifts mm -hmm. on this planet Earth. Yeah. So anytime anything is observed uh, through the collective, a shift happens at that moment. Yeah. There's no collective observations or world events that don't change the world. Yep. Because once the whole entire world gains a collective perspective on something, it creates a new dimension, a new angle, a new inventions, innovations, realities. Everything starts to happen from that moment. Mm -hmm. And we've been through many of them in our lifetime already. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just in the last 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> we, we'd have been through recessions, paradigm yeah. shifts, different new presidents. We'd have been through 9-11. We'd have been through so many different things. Yeah. Today, during the timing of this filming, there's a terrorist attack that happened. And April happens to be one of the most observant uh, months of white terrorist attacks, mm. right? From Timothy McVeigh, from the Oklahoma bombings to yeah. the uh, 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 Columbine, Columbine, right? Wow. And it's a few other ones. April is one of those, you know, it's the fourth month. It's a lot of things that happen on the fours. Yeah. And once we understand that we, we living in this world of a four corner contract, you understand me yeah. that you know, paperwork rules this world and it lifts us off of being attached to the land itself. Yeah. That when we walk around, we don't look down at our feet and say we own the land. We have right. dominion over the land. Yeah. We think that we are always on someone else's land. We yeah. are always under someone else's control. Mm -hmm. And that mental observation depletes the soul of being able to have a real connection with the earth itself. Yeah, it does. When you look around, you, there's somebody who has sky rights and land rights. Yeah. Not ownership, but rights. Rights. Right? And once we realize we live in, we living in someone else's plans, as you say, mm -hmm. whether you believe it's the Anunnaki, whether you believe it's the 1%, whether you believe it's these families are controlled, you have to know that we're living in somebody else's time system yeah. and it works very well. Oh, very well. Very Sheesh. well. They mastered this sucker. Way too well, Man. matter of fact. You know, and we are controlled by invisible forces. Yeah. And if you don't think you do, you stop at that stop sign. You, you stop when there's a street light, you mm -hmm. understand me? And you don't cross that line because something may happen to you. In a visible force, no police around, no people, yeah, yeah. but you still listen. Yeah. You understand me? That is, I mean, you're talking about some people, it may not be cars for miles, yeah. and they will still follow that system, yeah. right? 
I want you to touch on the ideas of systems. Mm -hmm. You know, because institutions is what I focus on, like the reality of we building institutions yeah. are only things that can dominate existing systems. Right. But what is the energy form of a system yeah. to where it actually has real power and control over human forms? Yeah. Well, the, the way that they built all these institutionalized systems that we have that are controlling mankind, they're all predicated on fear. You'll find that fear is the biggest thing. For example, you go to school, if you don't get good grades, you're going to get in trouble. You know, you won't pass the next grade. If you act up in school, you might get, you don't know, stay in line or whatever, you might get spanked with the ruler or the paddle or whatever. You know, obviously on the street is follow these exact rules or you're going to go to prison. You know, so they have all these systems in place. And these systems that they put in place, when they, when they have these little fear factors built into them, even religion has a lot of fear factors put into it. Absolutely. People fall in line because why? Fear, the body pays attention to fear first. The mind is always, okay, there's fear. I got to stop this fear. I got to do whatever it takes to not allow this, whatever this fear is to happen. I don't want it to happen to me. So the body goes into fight or flight mode and then it's just, it starts focusing on the fear. Once the body does that, these people who rule, the ruling elite, they know that we got them with the fear. Now we can manipulate them to do whatever we want. So they always do the same thing. They create the problem, okay? They wait for the reaction and they, they, then they provide the solution mm -hmm. to that problem. So they're actually manipulating all sides of it based on fear. Mm. The fear is a key thing in all these institutions that has us locked in because people, when that fear hits them, they don't recognize that fear is not real. False evidence appearing real is mm -hmm. what fear is, right? The acronym. And, but for them, it's as real as it can be. But in true reality, fear is a choice. Yeah, fear comes from ignorance. Yeah. You know, once you know something, there's nothing to fear because you have all the data. You, you know exactly how to move, what not to do, exactly yeah. what it is, what's not. You know, and once you come to that realization, it gives you so much power over all. Yeah. Right? And so becoming fearless. Mm -hmm. You understand me? It's key. Yeah. Our bodies all automatically store systems to tell us fright or flight. Yeah. That in moments, a situation is giving us a signal that you are in danger. Yeah. So this danger needs to teach you to make a decision. Exactly. Either th this tiger that's coming right now, <laughs> you understand me? You're going to stand very still and hope that it doesn't attack you, or are you going to run, mm -hmm. right? Or are you going to fight? Yeah. You understand me? Because they're fright, flight, then fight. Mm -hmm. You understand me? And I think that that's one... And the fight is the decision that you have. Yeah. That even if this tiger is so close, there's, I can't run. Mm -hmm. I can't stand still now, not yeah. here. I have to figure out a way where I'd rather go down fighting. Yeah. And I think that that's the part of human decision making mm -hmm. that is never deposited as an idea of this is an option. Yeah. That you can always choose to fight. Yeah. In every moment in every situation, right. even if the certainty is death. Yeah. You understand me? Because at least you would die being alive. Exactly. You understand me? Exactly. But to freeze... And or just to run, because there's yeah. times where, you know, flight is the most, you know, intelligent option right. that you have. Mm -hmm. Right. But fighting. Yeah. There's something so powerful and majestic about that, because that's the human spirit 
colliding with yeah. whatever force that is in front of it. Yeah. When you see two boxers fight, those are spirits going at it. Right. And whoever has the most will will win. Mm -hmm. You understand me? Not even sometimes we have the most skill or better technique. Yeah. Sometimes it's all about who got that greatest spirit. Yeah. Because the fight is often won before you get into the ring. That's right. <laughs> There's one spirit that's already decided whether it's deep into their consciousness, mm -hmm. subconscious, where they don't even know it yet. Yeah. They've already decided that they're the loser. Yeah. You understand me? And sometimes you can try to overcome it with confidence, mm -hmm. right? What you know about yourself and yeah. my training, my skill, your overcome it with your ego. Mm -hmm. You understand yeah. me? Well, I can do this even if I can't do this. Yeah. You understand me? <laughs> yeah. But then yeah. there's mathematics. Mm -hmm. the mathematics of this person's skill, level, confidence, will, all of this is higher than your frequency. Yeah. And when these collide, this one is going to win. Yeah. And that's why I like the idea of mathematics, because mathematics really sets us upon understanding reality mm -hmm. in a very practical and logical capacity. Yeah. There's spiritual intuition and spiritual intelligence, yes, yeah. 100%. And I think that wholly on this planet Earth, men and women are disconnected between the feminine energy that exists. Mm -hmm. Men are completely disconnected nowadays from the masculine energy, but the yeah. feminine energy, because we talk about a woman's movement, but there's not a lot of feminine energy involved in the movements. Mm -hmm. And the feminine energy, you know, Mother Tanetta talked about it. She talked about the nine planets, right? Mm. And the feminine. Okay. And in the connection with, you know, the astronomy and the feminine energy. Mm. And why that nine, you know, circulates that one. Mm. We go, I told you we'll get to them one nine. Oh, yeah. We go, always find them one oh, nine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but we talk about them, them, that nine circulating that yeah. one, that consciousness circulating subconsciousness. and. And uh, 1995, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan opened up the Million Man March speech with the secrets of the number 19. And he talked about the idea that when that one is next to the nine, it represents something to be uncovered. Wow. You understand me? Gotcha. Um, and then he went on to break down that these monuments that was there representing the 16 and the third president mm -hmm. is 19. Mm -hmm. And he said that this monument up here is 555 feet high. You put a one next to that, represents 1555 when black people came over here. Yeah. And he said that on these shores and these steps, you understand me, were a trade of black bodies representing some of the Masonic secrets of how they first produced this country. Yeah. You understand me? And he was given that breakdown in front of, of course, almost two million black men, wow. future president, future yeah. billionaires of the planet Earth, everybody. Yeah. That was a world shifting event. But when I listened to that, I thought about the fact that, you know, the body itself, our bodies, you know, our, you know Adams, I call uh, Allah the original man, A-T-O-M, you understand right. me? Or I say A-G-T-C, Allah God the creator. Yeah. You understand me? But at the end of the day, our bodies, our, our carbon bodies, our melanin bodies, we are electric, you know, frequencies. You understand me? We are the most powerful electric conduits. You understand me? Just based on our physicality. Yeah. And I think what happens with society, number one, jealousy, mm -hmm. but two is the lack of appreciation of our parts we're supposed to play on this planet. Right. You understand me? That, yeah, we gonna always be dark, melanated, yeah. beautiful, shiny, sheen beings. Mm -hmm. You understand me? Yeah. But when you allow things like the hematic prophecies that talked about, you know, uh, 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 um, 
you know, when human beings developed, so-called and developed intelligence, those were white human beings, and that being spread across the ecosystem of the planet Earth, yeah. creating a white supremacy, and then validated people like, well, man, we was charting star systems and yeah. speaking in geometry and using mathematical language, you understand yeah. me, before we ever seen a light-skinned person on this planet Earth. Yeah, yeah. But you can't, if you want to do anything for race relations, you cannot forget about the story of time. Can't. And I ain't gonna ever call it history. History yeah. is just a lie. Yeah. The story of time is about what happened on this planet. The exactly. true history. The true history. And if you ever, if, 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 if a white person, or a black person, brown, yellow, orange, all these frequencies of colors that represent subscriptions to different cultures, ideologies, values, norms, rituals, yeah. ever want to have a place where there's commonality and trust and alignment you have to accept the truth of reality. Yeah. Not the stories that was told by the winners and yeah. conquerors that fit the propaganda of the controllers and rulers, but the true story yeah. on this planet Earth. Yeah. That's the only way we get to a true compromise yeah. between the people on this planet Earth yeah. that have a treaty of understanding. Mm -hmm. You understand I me? I tell people to pass this prologue. Until you, people say, why do you always study the past? Why are you into this ancient texts and ancient books and all because when you, until you understand what happened back then, you won't be able to build a future. The future is going to be built based on what you know about your true past yeah. and your true history. If you can't figure out at least as close as possible to what was happening back then, the future is still going to be a gray area. Aliens. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about aliens. Yeah. I can't have Mr. Billy Carson on here without talking about aliens. <laughs> My theory is aliens are black men. Yeah. That's my theory. Now, uh, that of course, this comes from many different sources, but I remember I was reading something, or watching it rather, I can't tell you the difference, mm -hmm. where they was talking about, you know, spacesuits, human spacesuits, and how human beings will have to change if they were traveling in space, yeah. right? Number one, there's more radiation, so you're going to have to have darker melanin skin. With that lack of gravity, you will have a smaller, less dense body, so you're right. going to be a skinny, dark-skinned, big-head, black man or woman. You <laughs> yeah. understand me? So, yeah. you know, these are spacesuits. Right. I mean, oh, it, space we, we, we deal with radiation. That's yeah. what the melanin does. Yeah, it you feel me? radiation in the heat. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you, what, what is, uh, do you believe in aliens? I believe in aliens. Uh, are you an alien? Well, you know, we're all aliens. You know what I'm saying? So, alien, I might answer like that. <laughs> Some people say, this brother be thinking, man, he might be an alien. <laughs> A lot of people say that, but I think that we are the aliens. You know, um, when you talk to the aboriginals, I went to Australia. I went on a walkabout, yeah. eight miles out into the, into the doggone nowhere, nothingness. I mean, just yeah. out there, man, with the fires. Yeah. Okay. This is right before the lockdown came. And um, I'm out there looking for these ancient Egyptian hieroglyphs mm. in uh, Karyong 9 in Australia, which mm. we found them. Mm. We sent those glyphs to the Board of Antiquities of, uh, of Egypt, and they authenticated them as being authentic proto-Egyptian hieroglyphs. And so my conversation with the elders was, you know, what is your homegrown, handed-down verbal history? Because they have a verbal history. And the Aboriginal elders said that they were seated on this planet. They said that the Pleiadians brought them to Earth, and they were the first people on Earth. Those are black Aboriginals. Who are the Pleiadians? The Pleiadians, if you look up in the sky, 
at night, there's this area of the sky where they call them the Seven Sisters. Homer's Iliad talks about them. They're talked about in the Bible, talked about in Sumerian tablets. Uh, the Greeks, the Romans, they all look up to the Pleiades. Uh, it's actually, they, we call them the Seven Sisters because only seven bright, bright stars you can see with the naked eye, but there's many more stars there. But in that region of the sky, according to so many ancient texts and so many ancient civilizations, there was advanced civilizations there. Mm. Uh, before this area had any inhabitants, that was the region or sector of, of the galaxy that had a lot of life. But a big war broke out. And in this war, there was uh, something being used called the Brahmahanda weapon, okay? The Brahmahanda weapon, which, you, which actually could destroy planets. And this weapon would, would blow up planets. And imagine if you were in a star, in a star system and there's planets blowing up, debris, planet-sized debris is crashing into your planet, so this created a space refugee situation, kind of, you know. Space refugees. Yeah, space refugees. And they started fleeing and going out to different stars. Orion, Aldebaran, Zeta Reticulus, you know, all these different star systems. Sirius, uh, Draco. This is they why had they had the Draco? Oh, yeah, the Draco star system's up there. That's what the, the Great Pyramid in Giza and Cairo is aligned with those, with, Ky with Draco, uh, Aldebaran, Orion, and Sirius. Mm. And so... Uh, we were like, man, what's going on here? So you, the, the more you dig into this text, it's like, man, these people fled from war, reestablished themselves on other planets, and eventually found this solar system and came down here and created another breakaway civilization. These were the Atlantean people. Now, when you analyze the text, it gives descriptions of these peoples from time to time. And if you look at, for example, the Sphinx in Egypt, you look at the features on the Sphinx, you can see it's a, it's a face of a black person, mm -hmm. right? And what's interesting is some of these Anunnaki, they were more uh, albino, not all of them. Some had albino type skin. They weren't Caucasian white, but they had albino skin, but they had the African features. Some of them had blue eyes, but they had the knotted hair. Like Prometheus. Right, kind of like that. But Prometheus is still kind of really more almost like milk white. If you look at a black mulatto, yeah, yeah, a black yeah. or, or a black person that has that, you know, More that skin condition. Glow. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but they had the knotted hair, knotted blonde hair, and blue eyes, a lot of them. Like the aborigines. Yeah, like the aboriginals. And also the people of Melanesia, mm. right here, you know, in Asia. And so I did a whole story on those, a whole TV show on those before. So I really dug deep into it. I was like, wow, these people are really potentially not from this planet. And so the more you analyze it and realize, wow, then other people from other star systems brought humans here. This is like, this well, earth is like, like... parents abandoning their kids? No, no, what it was is like, <laughs> they were trying to find a place to keep their, their you know, their, their, their civilization going. Not, not like the species going, mm -hmm. okay? And so that's why you have people that look Asian and people that look Caucasian and people that look black and people that look... There's a mixture of people, according to what I've read, that appear to be dropped off here. This is like an abandoned seed colony, this planet. Interesting. You know, and then after that, much later, these other people showed up, these other Anunnaki people showed up, took advantage of a situation where people were in a lower state of consciousness. They were uh, not technologically advanced. We were more advanced spiritually. So when they were dropped off, you saying that the races were dropped off or were they all dark-skinned, melanated people? The first people on this planet were all black. And then you find something interesting in the Emerald Tablets. After Thoth comes to the land of Kem to help rebuild civilization because the great the flood had destroyed Kem. After he does it, he tells his people that he brought with him. He brought people with him from other planets. 
and they went around the planet. He said, go around the planet and duplicate what we did here. Now, this is my personal belief. This is not in any text. I always tell you the difference between what I believe and what, I, what I've read. Mm -hmm. Now, these people, for example, if I'm now going to be the king or the ruler of Asia, and I have, I look, I'm a being from a place that looks Asian, I'm going to brand those people. I think they genetically branded people to look, in other words, these are my people. Look at them, they look just like me. And the reason why I say this is because if you go and, talk and look in the genetic books, the ge geneticists actually discovered that the difference between a black person, a white person, an Asian person, uh, a Native American person, 2% variance in genes. But that 2% variance that makes a different race altogether couldn't happen in 200,000 years. That's the only about a, amount of time we've been here. So they're saying it would have taken millions, multi-millions of years for that to happen, naturally. Now, from my studies, there's no records of Caucasians past 6,000 years. See, Caucasians are the newest race on the planet. They're the newest race. If you look at the Sumerian tablets, the Caucasians came from out of the Caucasus Mountains. It says something to the effect of when they were in the Caucasus, they then, uh, he said, the, the, the exact terminology was that they, um, uh, there's a certain term that they use for that. Uh, not manufactured the Caucasian, but they said that they had, uh, uh, the word will come back to me. It's, a it's like they made them in a way. It's, uh -huh. it's something, it, it's, uh, it's a terminology that they use, it'll come back to me, that, how they made the Caucasian. But that, they're the newest being on the planet, yeah. according to these texts. The, the other races were already here. We had blue people, green people, you had uh, you know, black, you had uh, yellow. Yeah. This would be a great movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, there's a belief that based on studying the Anunnaki, that they are coming back. Mm -hmm. You understand me? Yeah. So you tell us a little bit about that. Well, in all the texts, they always say that they're going to return. The reason why they left was there was a pyramid war. It was a second pyramid war. Amun-Ra, also known as Marduk. You can look up Marduk's name in the, in the Torah. He's in the Bible. He's in the Sumerian tablets. These guys are everywhere. He's Amun-Ra. Um, he started a war because he wanted to uh, extend his kingship. He wanted to take over kingship in other areas that he wasn't supposed to on the planet and so forth and so on. And so that war was nuclear. They used weapons, and the reason why you know it's nuclear because the description of the way that the people were dying, it was the, they said the black people, this specifically says that their nails were falling out, their hair was falling out, blood was coming out of their eyes. This is radiation sickness, obviously. Mm -hmm. And so we know that it was a nuclear war. When you go into those regions, the, the Mohenjo-Daro in the Indus Valley, the buildings there turn to glass. They're still sitting there. The bodies, are still laying, the bodies are laying in the street holding hands. Nobody's, no animals have scavenged on those bodies. They're still laying there. Uh, you go to Africa, to, to Cairo, and you go to uh, Giza. If you put your hand in the sand and pull up, every now and then you pull up balls of glass. That's what they used to carve the scarab beetles out of because they're making an ode to the gods for the war that happened. So uh, to turn sand into glass, you have to have 3,000 degree temperature blast, right? So we know that there was a war that happened uh, that created this situation, you know? So it's just really amazing, man. The technology we have now is just a copycat of what they already had back then. And that war is what really caused them to want to flee. In one of the tech tablets, uh, Enki goes to Anu and says, can you please stop the evil wind? That's what they call it. That's nuclear fallout. He's like, there's nothing I can do for a boat and get in your ship. And so he told him, like, turn around, man, get in that ship. You got, we got to get out of here because this uh -huh. thing is coming. And they said that that evil wind covered the land and killed all the animals, the people, and everything else. 
Um, and a lot of these people never came back. But they said that, you know, that they'll be coming back. Now, there's two ways to look at it. One way is some of the offspring is still here on this planet. Uh, you know, probably most likely maybe that ruling elite class. And then it's said that there will be some type of a future situation where they will return and take back claim of the rightful kingship of this planet. So, and in the Emerald Tablets, it says the same thing, which is interesting because it's even older than those tablets. It's, old, it's like 36,000 years old. And it says that far in the future, an enemy will come from deep space. So it's pretty interesting. No, it's definitely interesting. Now, what are the different type of aliens? You know, because you got the grays, you got yeah, the blacks. Yeah. I want to know what's a different type of aliens. There's all kinds. Well, you have black people. I think most of the UFOs that are flying overhead are being piloted by black people. Now, that's my personal opinion. Now, that's very interesting because Honorable Elijah Muhammad said mm. decades ago that there was a mothership up there. Mm. You understand me? And he gave a, a full description of the mechanics of the mothership, how it was piloted. Yeah. You understand me? How the people lived. Wow. Um, and he said, I believe it was made in uh, Japan. You understand mm. me? During that time. And, you know, he was the first to introduce the concept of like, aliens and telling the government, you understand me, that yeah. the mothership was going to destroy them wow. with these different type of bombs that they had. And he gave a breakdown on how many baby planes that were there wow. and that there were black men and women up there. Mm. Like, it's, it's a very detailed account. Mm. And then after that, the 1930s wow. is when they started to create those programs towards uh, uh, um, observing UFOs and then started to create counter stories mm -hmm. of why yeah. they were UFOs, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. But Donald Elijah Muhammad maintained his knowledge of UFOs and the account of their existence, and so does the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan mm. today. And number one, I don't believe the UFO community gives any real reverence and appreciation to what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was doing back in those days. Yeah. And if he did uh, that, he was ahead of his time. Oh yeah, for surely. <laughs> oh, he was ahead. He was breaking it down back then. You wow. understand me? He was. He was, he was like, listen, man, here's the people of Mars. We got the yeah. mothership up there. Yeah. You understand me? There's black people in the mothership. They yeah. got the baby planes. They got these certain type of missiles. Wow. When they drop, it's going to do this, that, and the third. Yeah. Like, it, it wasn't without detail. Wow. You understand me? And he told them this is how it worked. Mm. This is how we, they were able to build it. This is how they funded the sources to yeah. be able to build it. There was a collective of scientists that was able to come together. Mm -hmm. Like... Why, how long it stays in the atmosphere, how wow. long does it have to come down here. Like, it's, it's a very detailed account. Wow. And it's funny because yeah. many things that are controversial towards the nation of Islam, I've never seen any, like, I've never seen the government itself attack that aspect of the nation of Islam. They don't say nothing about that. Which I would think would be the most open <laughs> yeah. part you would talk about. Like, hey, this man... Talks this, that, and the third. Let's yeah. attack this. He's crazy. Yeah. But that's never been, wow. you understand me, uh, um, something that they use as a point of attack. Yeah, yeah. Right? Which is very interesting to note. So I always grew up um, with the idea of UFOs and aliens, yeah. you understand me, um, just as, you know, a knowledge in the household. Yeah, yeah. People just get scared. They think that we're talking about little green men. Yeah. Now we're talking about men and women, yeah. people that look just like us. Yeah. The majority, I think, of, of people that we call aliens look just like us, yeah. in my opinion. I would imagine, and if you got to understand, if I'm an alien, I'm up there, I wouldn't want to come to Earth. Yeah, no, it's I a ghetto. Like, if, if I got a little alien TV, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, and I'm watching the reality Earth, the reality TV Earth. That's, that's what, what it was called. It's called reality TV Earth. <laughs> and I'm flipping these different channels, and y'all yeah. tripping. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm, oh man, this what the bloods is doing. This what the pharmacist. Yeah, I don't yeah. ever want to come down there. Yeah. If I get caught, they throw me in a prison for life. If yeah. I don't know all they rules and I trip off. Yeah. Nah. Guess what? I'm not coming down there. Yeah. You understand me? That would just make sense to me. Yeah, it does. See, it was easier for them to interact with people when we had less technology and we were more green, so to speak, because well, there, was yeah. no, there was no immediate threat on their life. There was nothing we could do. Matter of fact, we just we saw them as gods. Right. right. Now, with all this technology and, and the military-industrial complex wanting to weaponize anything they can get their hands on, right. they want to take them down, they want to shoot them down, they want get to their, get their hands on them right. and see what they can turn into weapons. Right. What kind of technology can we convert into weapons for ourselves? How can we re reverse engineer this stuff? That's all they're focused on. Yeah, I mean, human beings are not nice. Right. You understand? We, like, we want to steal their technology and then use it for ourselves. And if yeah. we get them, most likely you'll capture them and then study they, the, the science of their biology and their anatomy. Yeah. Who want to come to Earth with that? Turn them we into, are, you put them in a zoo. Yeah, we wonder if aliens are hostile, but we're already hostile. We're the hostile I mean, ones. We hostile to aliens of other countries. Yeah, I know. So I know we're going to be hostile to aliens from other planets. I know. It's crazy. It's <laughs> like, true. A guarantee. You understand? Yeah. Be like, you don't want to let a human being to, uh, over one border to yeah. another. It's so you're telling line. me I'm coming from another planet yeah. and y'all going to let me come kick it and share no. resources in life? Ain't no way. No Not going to happen. Especially, but, but the whole saying is that you know, if aliens have the technology in which we believe they have and the abilities to travel, yeah. and that means that, number one, they're much far advanced than we are, yeah. which requires a greater level of intelligence. Mm -hmm. And so they would have more capabilities of wiping us out than we ever could imagine. Oh, yeah. You understand me? In ways that we wouldn't be able to see. Yeah. Right? As much as the human intelligence has evolved collectively, mm -hmm. because... You know, I don't think that the average human being is that much more intelligent than somebody in the 1800s. Right. Besides the fact we have more access. Mm -hmm. Right. But when we talk about true human evolution, we're talking about upgrades of our DNA. Right. We're talking about upgrading and the processing of information mm -hmm. and how we output that to solve daily problems and right. issues. And the average person is not that intelligent. No. That's why we well, easily Well, the smartphones are making us dumber. Yeah, that's a super fact. Yeah. You understand me? And the radiation is destroying our ability to focus. Yeah. And human beings collectively need focus mm -hmm. in order to grow. Yeah. You understand me? Like, if you don't have no focus in your life, you're distracted to the point where you can't get birth to none of your ideas. That's right. You understand me? So it's like, um, you, know, I, I, you know, aliens, I, I feel like they, they, the concept of them are interesting. And I think that the world needs mysteries in mm -hmm. order to give us more reasons to be alive yeah you understand me because the moment we figure out everything else there's nothing else to do yeah, yeah. you know we know why the cosmos was created how it was created at every single point and step that the reality of it is is there's an impossibility for certain knowledge to be known mm -hmm. we can theorize based on our level of intelligence but let, who's to say that the math that we have is like not baby's math, right? you know, and then we discover a completely new type of math that allow us to phase through things and open portals and yeah. create different versions of reality and different right. colors to see, like, mm -hmm. to say that there's not a science like that that exists, but the same way where we can only see a certain spectrum of the light, maybe our minds yeah. can only uh, um, compute a certain yeah. spectrum of knowledge. That's so true. We can only compute to a certain amount because it's only based on our level of consciousness. Right. But and then, but that also means to me though, that I don't believe in the idea of impossible. You understand me? I think that there's there's something that exists that 
I don't measure size based on value. So yeah. it's like, let's say human beings are just a, a cell, you understand me, and uh, the bacteria of the universe, yeah. you understand me? That doesn't mean we don't have value because the way that we experience reality is mm -hmm. our value in itself. Oh yeah, absolutely. You understand me that we are energy and that we wouldn't be in existence if we didn't have a level of value. Yeah. It's just that I think we come up with more system to devalue ourselves than anything. Right. We think about how vast the universe is only to think about how small we are. Right. Human beings need to constantly downgrade themselves and constantly demean themselves to yeah. put themselves in their own place. Right. And in that thought process, we are becoming our own gods, sitting ourselves saying that humble yourself, humble mm. yourself. Yeah. Always, we always try to find a million different ways to humble ourselves. Always, always. Because that would means to tell me that our brain is working to control how powerful we really are. Mm -hmm. You understand me? And, and let free, and, and really understanding who you really are, that's when you just start creating more and more. Everything, any, when you get to that level, anything that you think of, you just do. Yeah. I, I just bought an electric guitar. I never played the guitar before. Yeah. I'm going to learn how to play the electric yeah. guitar. You know, my girl was like, you bought an electric guitar? I said, yeah, I just want to learn how to play it. You yeah. Know, I bought a violin. I played the violin. I, whatever I want to do, I just, I just do it. Yeah. Because I see it as we are this, um, you know, we are this uh, entity here and the universe is vast. But I see it as I'm being part, I'm a part of something huge where other people say, see it as I'm just a speck in the dark. Right. You know what I'm saying? But so let me ask you this. Uh, you discovered a black satellite? The Black Knight satellite. I didn't discover it. It's already up there. <laughs> but. Well, you know how, you know the rules on this planet. Yeah, I know. You know, we're going by, we're going by Christopher Columbus law. Yeah, yeah. You discovered this, man. Yeah, yeah, well, of course. And so what happened was I had heard about it and researched it years ago. Well, first, let's say, what is the Black Knight satellite? Okay, the Black Knight satellite is this an sound object. Like Batman got his, his I know. His it's, it's, it's crazy. This is real crazy. So this is an object orbiting the planet. And it's well documented. It's actually on the space agency servers. It's on the military servers. It's on university website servers. The, the, the object is that they've labeled it space junk. So what they're saying is this object, which was detected all the way back in the, in the late 1800s by Nikola Tesla first, he picked up a signal from it. Then the 1950s, ham radio operators picked up the signal again and actually decoded the signal. 1960, Duncan Lunan wrote an article, he was a, he's a journalist for Time Magazine, wrote an article about the, uh, the object. It made Time Magazine. Uh, and then many more consequential articles came out about this object because why? It was changing its own orbits. It was in a first equatorial orbit, then it went to a polar orbit. When Sputnik was launched in 1964, it followed Sputnik to the moon. This thing is under intelligent control. Mm -hmm. It's about 15 tons, uh, 15,000 tons. And so what happened was the United States saw it up there, Russia saw it up there, Russia thought it was us, we thought it was Russia. Then they, we both said, wait a minute, we can't launch nothing like this. We don't even have this kind of technology. And so they were like, damn, what is this? So they really started looking at this thing and analyzing it. And we finally got a chance to see it close up personal with STS missions, the space shuttle missions. Took HD quality video and photos of this thing. And they were like, wow, we're gonna call it junk because we don't know what this is. They're afraid to touch it. They're afraid to move into it and, and try to, you know, take a piece of it to see if they don't know if it's going to have a, a defense mechanism or whatever. They just know this thing is orbiting the planet in a way that it shouldn't be orbiting. And the fact that it is giving off a signal that has been decoded as being the Epsilon Boethus constellation. But that's not a big deal. But the big deal about that is it's, it's giving the location of the constellation where it was in the sky 13,000 years ago. Mm. So this thing potentially could be 13,000 years old. 
And so what I did was I created a documentary, which is coming out in June, June the 5th, it hits the movie theaters. Uh, this object um, is um, it's still moving around, still making its own course corrections, and it is still giving off a signal, and the signal is still giving off the location. When you look into the Sumerian tablets, you find out that Enlil owns the Epsilon Boethus constellation, the same constellation that this thing is saying it's from. Mm. So that's probably one of his ships just up there chilling. Yeah, well, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's his all-seeing eye. He had an all-seeing eye in the tablets. That's where they got it from for Lord of the Rings and all these things. The all-seeing eye came out of tablets. He had an all-seeing eye, so he could see what was going on on the planet at all times. See, when you have a planet oh, that's spinning... That's why he considered a satellite. Yeah, a satellite. When a planet, planet is spinning on its uh, as axis and you have something orbiting this way, it's able to take scans of the planet in a way that can give you a view of the entire planet mm. in, in so many hours. Right? Versus doing this way, you can only get what's going around the equator. But when you do this way, you can see the entire planet. And so he had that all-seeing eye. And what happened was Michio Kaku made an amazing statement that made me want to make this documentary. He said, in, in Epsilon, it's about 10 years ago, there's a void. It's called the Epsilon Boethus Void. It's the largest empty space inside of a constellation that they know of in the universe. He said, but it looks like light is bending around something. He said, this looks like a type 1, type 2 civilization that's cloaked mm. in Epsilon. So when I found out about the signal coming from Epsilon, and Lil owns Epsilon in the Sumerian tablets, he's an Anunnaki, I said, I think this is all linked. And then I found, I found cylinder scrolls that show the Black Knight in ancient cylinder scrolls. So all this is going in the documentary, which is coming out very soon. Fascinating, man. I got yeah. one last thing to ask you about. You know, you've searched through thousands of pictures from the Mars rover. Yeah. And you've actually found a face. Face? Anomalies? Famous skull. face, though. Yeah. On Mars. Oh, yeah. Tell us about that, brother. Well, there's this object in Cydonia. Ironically, they call Cydonia on Mars, uh, you know, this area where there's this space and this, this, these pyramids. On Earth, Cydonia in ancient, ancient times was is Cairo. So they really know what they're doing. They're, giving, they're hiding mm -hmm. the truth in plain sight for us. But there's a gigantic four mile wide face there. And the face is right outside of a city, a pyramid city with a five sided pyramid. Now that, the city, the pyramids and this other debris, which looks like a, like a, a collapsed structure is in a format, which there's an angle of 19 <laughs> Talk to me, man. degrees. Okay. Now, before you go to arrive to your next thought process, yeah. Most people don't know about the number 19, that there are phenomena all across the, Uf, the, the universe, universe that are at angles of 19 degrees. That's right. Including Jupiter's red eye. Yeah. You're talking about Yellowstone Park, different volcanoes, yeah. all throughout the universe. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And so this is 19 degree angles making this triangle, right, where these landmarks are on Cydonia on Mars. The face, the, the, uh, the, the uh, five-sided pyramid, and this other, this other area where it looks like uh, a collapsed city. And so, Avebury in the UK on Earth, right by Stonehenge, you have this city there where there's these artificial structures built up from dirt, mounds they call them, and these paths through the, through the land. If you take that Avebury ordinance map from the city, which is downloadable online, and overlay it on Cydonia where the face is located, it's a perfect match. So somebody on Earth mimicked what was already on Mars, but the only thing is this was like in the 1600s. It was terraforming. 
You understand me and replicating what was on Mars. Yeah, that's what was happening. But that's some interesting. That's some interesting dynamics right there, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I think one thing about what we can all agree about this planet Earth is that we don't know everything. No. You understand me? And there are schools of mystery and thoughts of mystery that maybe remain mystery for all eternity. Yeah. You understand me? Or maybe we know, but we don't have verification. Mm -hmm. And the unfortunate aspect of the now is that we need to verify everything so that it becomes evidence and fact. Exactly. Because I don't believe the Dogon people actually went to the, the constellations, no. you understand me, and mapped it out and then <laughs> came back. No. I think that they had a connection and an intuitive knowing and understanding that was downloaded transferable knowledge, you understand me, and uh, they didn't have any reason to question it. They wrote it down, this is mm -hmm. what we've seen, because this is what came to us. Yeah. Why would information come to a people who are pure, uncorrupted, from all of the images, information, the information that we get now in society. When I tell you what's a picture of, you know, an alien or picture of a mountain or picture of this place, yeah. you usually go into an image that you perceive as reality. Yeah. What if a color corrected filter may never be what you actually think it is until you go and experience. Right. So unfortunately we have all of this data and information in our head which doesn't allow us to truly think like human beings connected to reality yeah we are connected to the digital structures and they inform us on what reality actually is you know but i wanted to jump off of earth for a second you understand me look above and see things from a different dimension yeah. now one thing that i do know is that i don't believe we have a beginning nor ending mm. you understand me i think that the beauty of human soul and human spirit is that it is limitless. Mm -hmm. And we find different ways to go through experiences over yep. and over and over. And yep. I think that memories are too heavy to be carried over into whatever other phase that mm -hmm. we exist throughout life as energy transfer. Yeah. So we go through those things consistently. Mm -hmm. But I believe that, you know, we are, we are a source, you understand me, which gives us that same power. Yeah. And that regardless of wherever you at on this planet Earth, whatever condition, level, system, you know, whatever you believe in, you have the power to produce change. Yeah. And that can be measured scientifically, it can be measured theologically, it can be measured spiritually. Mm -hmm. There's enough evidence, if you need it, to showcase that you have the power to change whatever condition that you are in yeah. on this planet Earth. Yeah. You understand me? And at the same time, we have to realize that there's a game being played on our backs. Mm -hmm. And the only way that it's going to change is if we stand up. That's it. You understand me? And we tap into that energy, that inner intelligence that allows us to rule yeah. over our spectrum of reality. Yeah. So, my brother, I appreciate you tapping into a high-level conversation. Thank you. You most definitely are an alien. But I appreciate <laughs> your extraterrestrial presence. Yeah, man. You understand me? Um, can you please tell the people where they can find you? Sure. You understand me? Um, and where they can tap into more of the knowledge that you have. Definitely. Well, they can find me on ForbiddenKnowledge.tv. Yeah. It's the website. It's a streaming TV platform. Yes, sir. Uh, 6,000 shows up there right now, 20,000 subscribers. Great platform if you want to go there and get a lot of knowledge-based content, conscious content, everything from cooking, yoga, esoteric wisdom teachings. My mystery school is up there, which you attended before in person. It's all up there on Forbidden Knowledge TV, and they can get my apps on uh, Roku, Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV, the iOS Store, the Google Play Store, the Forbidden Knowledge TV app, and they can check it all out right there. Or they can go to ForbiddenKnowledge.com and see everything we have to offer. There you have it, people. I appreciate y'all tapping in. Until next time, make sure you're not over-consumed by low-level conversations, because this was a high level. Tap in. 
19 keys and some high level conversation. Tap in with the guys.